Hello everyone and welcome to the Story X Story podcast where we discuss stories across pop culture plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 20 for Wednesday the 1st of April. I'm your co-host and Maya Maddox co-founder Nigel. I'm Tazzy, streamer and co-host. And we have a special guest for a uh, special episode we're doing. So we're going to be introducing uh, this like interview series of shows where we talk with other creators specifically about their work and their creative process. Uh, so today we are joined by Makiko. How are you? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Thanks for joining us in this in this weird weird times that we all <laughs> existing. We're going to get into that uh, in a bit. But um, just to remind listeners, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, um, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also send us feedback on this episode and any other episode you might have listened to so far. Feedback at myamada.com or shout at us on social media, uh, MayaMada on Twitter, at MayaMadaTees on Instagram, and Tazzy on both. Uh, so we are going to go straight into our guest. This is all about Mikiko today. So I'm not going to talk about MayaMada stuff. We're not going to talk about stories we've been... Actually, we might talk about some of the stories we've been watching, but most of it is all about Mikiko. So we're going to get straight into our interview um so today we have with us as we've said already um illustrator and storyteller makiko um who in over 12 years of freelancing has worked in comics manga video games and tv so quite an array uh here uh so first of all obviously we are currently living in a very weird time um <laughs> so like how has the the pandemic the coronavirus pandemic impacted you and your work as a freelancer um yes well a lot has well a lot has changed but a lot has also not changed <laughs> <laughs> so so like the part that hasn't really changed at all is um you know you probably know that artists generally stay at home a lot and they're just sort of you know in their little room and, and drawing away so that that part really hasn't changed at all so that stereotype um, is true exactly <laughs> yeah so okay. essentially i'm very very well equipped to do the self-isolation <laughs> just <laughs> because um you know my work kind of I, I don't work in an office obviously and uh, my studio at home is just a tiny little room right next to the kitchen so i've, I've really got everything i need um so that that part's unchanged and i'm, I'm quite happy that i've I'm kind of well prepared. Uh, the other part, however, is has become a bit difficult. So I, I have an online shop. Um, I also go to co conventions and events and just shows in general quite frequently. Um, so those were unfortunately all cancelled. My shop has been closed very recently because, um, you know, being a freelancer, I, I don't exactly have the money to to uh, employ people so that the shop was run by my parents who are elderly and um, I couldn't really risk them getting in any danger so the best thing to do was to close that um, so instead of those things so instead of selling books and merchandise I've just decided to uh, uh, draw commissions so that's that's working out pretty well I've currently only opened it to my um, patreon uh, people fans and uh, it's it's been going very well. So I've been just just drawing at home and and just sort of waiting it out, seeing how things develop. And 
yeah, you just kind of you kind of just watch it and see how you can adapt to it. I suppose at this point, we don't really know how how the future is gonna look in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, that's my current situation. I'm just at home drawing commissions, you know, uploading whatever I can to to show people I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, that that that's it. <laughs> yeah, I can totally relate there with the. Not much has changed, but also a lot has changed. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, similar thing. I'm at home most of the time anyway, but there are reasons that I have to go out and they're all not there. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I suppose keeping sane is not a big issue for you then, because like you already said, you're used to it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's quite um nice in a way that you like some things that you have to do before you simply can't as you said um you know I'd have to go out shopping for food and I don't know bring things to the post office all that's gone so I've actually freed up some extra time so I've noticed that I'm much more productive in this time than usually because I get distracted way more in in normal situations <laughs> so <laughs> maybe yeah in terms of just the volume of art I create I feel like I've, I've been doing exceptionally well the past two weeks <laughs> it's a bit of a uh, the silver lining in a yeah. dark cloud there <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah and a lot of Netflix I'm finally getting through all of the shows <laughs> such a great opportunity to catch up on anything yeah. you've been missing <laughs> Netflix has got to be loving this because yeah. this is all I've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, yeah. Okay, uh, so yeah, we're going to go on to a few more um, questions that are more uh, specific on your sort of like creative process. Mm-hmm. Um, Nigel, do you want to take it away? Yeah, so uh, I wanted to know, just seeing your uh, work, actually, before we get into that, we can discuss like, what you do so uh as noticed you've got like two main projects so you've got your it's your ongoing web series um and then you've got your series crash and burn so do you want to tell us about both of those yeah sure so um so these two projects are kind of um uh how, how do i describe this um so i'm known for both of them but very often the one fan base doesn't know that I create the other one as well because they're so different from one another. So Yeah, I imagine they are different, completely different audiences. Yeah, they are. So I, I guess I'll, I'll start with one. Uh, the Mickey's mini comics is um, what I started to draw, I think seven or eight, maybe ten years ago. I'm not even sure. Um, many, many years ago, I started drawing uh, small slice-of-life comic strips about my friends, my family, just general people in my life that just experienced silly moments. So very, very common things. Uh, people read these um, and they just really, really identified with them, even though they were just gifts for friends. They became um, my most popular things uh, back then on DeviantArt, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's a long time ago. And uh, it just became so popular that I really couldn't stop drawing them because people just loved it and so at first it was just uh, for for birthdays for Christmas I just draw people uh, in their funny situations and um, and then later on it became like a web series Um, so you didn't even intend to do a web series specifically no No, not at all that's amazing 
it was just a complete uh, stroke of luck that people just loved it and I just went with it and it just became bigger and bigger and um, I really realized that it was so popular when I started seeing it everywhere where I didn't post them <laughs> so, so uh. Facebook and Instagram and and nine gag and I don't know what they're called there's loads of meme sites that just uh, repost everything so I kept seeing them everywhere and and at first I was like really frustrated as well but then it dawned on me that it's just so popular that people just want to spread it more and share it more and and so I stuck with it and that became um yeah the Mickey's mini comics and I actually print, printed I kickstarted a book um so yeah, volume one that. yeah volume one like it went really well <laughs> yeah it did unfortunately I can't give you the link to my shop because my shop is currently yeah. <laughs> <laughs> however uh, you you can read them online on tapas for free so the the entire series is on on tapas currently um, yeah, and so so I just I don't know that one is is the one for for everybody. It's all ages. It's very very sort of innocent humor. It's it's very straightforward, you know, with cats and the life as an artist, and uh, it's in full color as well, and it's just very carefree and silly. Everyone uh, loves cats. To be exactly. Fair. I mean, who doesn't, right? <laughs> um, yeah, and on the other hand is Crash and Burn, and that is. kind of like a complete different path I took with that so I originally used I used to live in Germany and I I used to be published in Germany and Crash and Burn was my uh, I think my second no my third title in Germany with Tokipop in Germany and they um, in Germany the the genre boys love is incredibly popular so that's uh, yaoi or boys love is just uh guys with guys having sometimes romantic sometimes a little sexual relationship so it's kind of like uh, it's I would say it's not really a a gay genre because the, the majority of the people who read it are actually straight girls they just like good looking guys in romantic stories um and when I drew this one however I decided that I didn't want it to be stories for girls I wanted it to be stories for everybody and including LGBT. And so I just uh, wrote a story about two uh, rockers. One is a more a punk rocker, the other one's more into metal, and how they are both kind of very much not into these roles in these relationships. So this this boys love genre very, very much has like a, a feminine and a masculine role. And I just decided I'll just make both masculine. And instead of cuddling, they'll be shouting at each other and you know, <laughs> creating loud music and punching each other and just you know being a bit high strung and like high energy and um and it was a, a huge risk at first because you know nobody everybody was into the romance stuff yeah. but when it came out it actually took off and so in germany it's it's my most popular title and i have a huge dedicated fan base in germany and uh yeah and I had some legal um, issues for a while and recently so that the whole thing I, I drew it and published it in 2011 to 13 I think and then after yeah, that we so had it's been some, going for a while yeah yeah so we had some disagreements and and eventually after about five years I, I managed to get some of my rights back so now I'm publishing the English version um, free online so you can read the, okay. the whole thing online as well <laughs> wait just to are you able to shed some light on what those legal issues um, were is that 
Well, I can't really go into yeah, details, I, I don't think. A... I think it would be a bit unprofessional to to just lay it out. But uh, I, I can just say that we, I wasn't quite happy that they, they didn't... Um, well a huge part of me approaching them to have it published was that they knew that I had a, an international and English speaking fan base and um, over the years I uh, repeatedly tried to get an English version to become a thing like regardless of how I made many many suggestions on to how we could do it and we just couldn't really see eye to eye on it and nothing ever came of it and okay. essentially by German law I could um, re reclaim unused rights and the English version was unused so this is how I got the right back to doing whatever I want as long as it's in English sure. <laughs> essentially so th that's like the short of it um, so yeah and I decided the first thing I'm going to do is give give my fans what they asked for which was they wanted to read it in English right and uh, and I don't really believe in you know some people are afraid that if you put things out there that people will stop buying it because it's free online already but my um, my experience was that in fact because people can read it for free online, you if your material is actually really good, a lot of people are just going to come and read it and then share it with their friends and then share it with their friends and and so on. And eventually you just have such a huge fan base that the return through sales is totally worth it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's something I've had to learn kind of the hard way with in terms of like <laughs> when we started My Mad, we sort of, our thought was like to make books and then books we would then sell at, events online wherever um but sort of forgetting that the the audience building part of it and it helps when you have that free content out to so people get to know you uh what you create your characters your stories so then when you do something like you mentioned you uh ran the, the kickstarter uh, for your mini comics people are really familiar with the content mm -hmm. and then more likely to want to back something that yeah. you do that's right it's it's really amazing because i also started to offer um, so ebook versions and you would think that well you've got all your comics online as a web comic to read for free why would anybody buy an ebook right but it's it's insane I make um, like I, I sell so many ebooks to people because a huge part of the people who want to support me are uncomfortable with like for example patreon some people don't like the subscription model then sure. some people some people can't pay the postage you know um but they want to support me or something or they want to have a version that they can share with their friends or read on their tablet it's just so many reasons like even the printed version some people are just huge fans they just want it signed or they want to gift it to somebody so there's many many reasons and excuses to to sort of support an artist and i think um so not just creating a um a brand of your art alone. I think it's quite important nowadays for the modern artist to also be part of that. So um, that people know who I am and want to support me is also quite a large part of my my brand of Mickey Co. Really, and um, it's helped me immensely because without Patreon and and these fans that just immediately, you know, like I, I can say like even with the with the commissions recently. I would just mention like, oh, I can't go to conventions. I need to open commissions. And I had, I don't know, like 10 slots available. 
and they filled up within like two days you know oh cool so you see and, people like respond to like the sort of what's going on with coronavirus and knowing that it affects or how it affects like freelance yeah. artists and like jump to the opportunity yeah yeah i think i've seen quite a lot of support on twitter as well just like you know i just have have an eye on social media here and there if i if i have the time and i think i've seen quite quite a lot of artists being being um like enthusiastically supported, especially now, because everybody's stuck at home and, you know, and they're just grateful to have like entertainment through comics and art through us. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. Okay. So like, tell me a bit about your, your, your process, your writing or artwork process. Do you, like, how do you put together your stories? Do you typically like work in specific blocks of time or do you find like your sort of stories come come and go uh, at different times during a day or during a week mm, yeah it's a bit messy for me <laughs> okay yes. um yeah so I'm i think glad to hear uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, you know how it is creativity is incredibly unpredictable so you really have to sort of take it when you get it um I think in my case, it depends on the project. So, so for example, the mini comics have kind of been on hold for a while now, just because I've been, I jump around projects quite a lot, but the mini comics are the only ones that aren't um, like a structured creation pro process, if that makes sense. So the mini comics I draw whenever I have free time, I have a good idea that sort of gets me excited to draw it. I have a list of ideas that, that I write down whenever something happens. I'm like, oh my God, you know, oh, my friend Alex did this stupid thing again. Oh, that sounds yeah. great. Let me write or that your down. Cat. Your cat features <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Oh, she's done that. Oh God, that's a perfect <laughs> moment. Write it down. Um, but it, it really is very dependent on my mood. So that is like, I have the ideas. I have to just sit down and draw it from start to finish. The strips are very simple and very short. So I can manage one strip in a day without problems but I really need to be in the mood for it. So that's the one thing. <laughs> right. Um, so it's very spontaneous. So I have a, an idea written down and I just sort of storyboard it immediately and then go directly into inking and, and coloring. It's, it's pretty, um, yeah, spontaneous essentially. Okay. But all other projects, um, I spend quite a long time writing it. So the writing process is the longest one for me. So it can it can take up to, well, it depends. Like recently I, I drew a short story, which was, I don't know, 32 pages. And it took me, I don't know, maybe a week to write. So that was fast. That mm. was very fast. I was but, then, say that. but that was just because it's a really short story. And I, I felt really inspired. <laughs> but then... On the other hand, I have a couple of stories where I've been sitting on these stories for years and years and years and it just doesn't click. So it just it's just a matter of letting it stew until I'm satisfied with it and then I'll I'll take it out of that you know that part and decide okay, well this is the oops, sorry. Well this is the next one I'm going to draw, right? Yeah. Um, and that's the difficult part. But generally, I would say that if I'm um, stuck on a deadline, so when I made uh, Crash and Burn with a publisher, with a deadline, it took me about a year to write before I presented it and then drew it in a year. And that was 156 pages. Okay, so that's a so, bit more of a structured process. But then it's dependent on, like you say, working with publisher and having those 
deadlines i guess yes i think i think a huge part of cutting down the time is whether or not you're feeling good about your creative process um yeah and um because for example with the publisher a lot of things i find i could have done better but because of time constraints i just pushed forward anyway even if it wasn't perfect while for my personal projects i'm much more inclined to sit around and figure out a way even if it takes me twice as much time to do it you know because i I want it to look great right in the end i want it to read well and but yeah so that's that's the longest part but once that's done it's fairly easy because sketching it inking it coloring it well if it's in color is is like really easy to me and that can be done fairly quickly i find okay um yeah well, it's so. <laughs> interested to hear about like the the different situations that you have to produce work for, and like because you are like writer and artist, so you're there. You know, you're doing all kind of all stages. And I was just wondering if there's any particular stage of the that process that you feel you're you're best at, or uh, and is there any stage that you feel like you still need to improve on? I guess as creatives, we always feel like we could do things better. But how would you? Uh, how would you judge that based on what you do? Mm, yeah, I think I think the writing process is the hardest for me always. I don't think that's ever changed. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think a, a large part of it is is just language itself because uh, I did grow up with multiple languages, so I don't really have a language that I'm perfect at. <laughs> so English, for example, is is actually my third language. Um, oh wow! So, okay, well. thank you i've I've started writing in english just because i well being here in the uk it it helps me to be able to ask english speakers whether or not this flows well or you know and it obviously it's also the international language currently that i can use most to you know unless i decided to start learning mandarin i suppose (laughs) but um it's it's just the easiest that flows german is too convoluted too long i can't really fit words into speech bubbles (laughs) um so there's like this insecurity i think because you know my japanese is good but not perfect my german is good but not perfect my english is good not but not perfect so what do you do right you just (laughs) sort of you, you try to teach yourself as best as you can and you try you try to do your best as you can but english it currently is yeah so I, I do everything in English now so but it makes me a bit insecure about whether or not it's a good story <laughs> sometimes right. you know yeah, that. But um, then, like you say you can you can get that check that's something there where the story itself is is like comes yeah. from you whatever the language is in and then in terms of like writing in English it's something you can kind of yeah. get checked and get that uh, difference uh, opinion it- exactly yeah yeah so like uh, opinions are also very important so getting input and like having trusted people that can give you critique to to whatever you're doing is is also essential and I just like it just happened to be easiest to do in English (laughs) because I noticed when I was still working on the German projects that a lot of times I couldn't share anything because most people didn't speak German right so right and, yeah, I've uh, had that experience. Um, just going to a, a French convention with English manga mm-hmm. uh, and just quickly seeing people open and close books once they realise yeah. it's not in their native language. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think France is quite notorious for that, though, because they don't seem to like to speak English that much. <laughs> I I was told I was warned. To be fair, before I went, and I was like, no, it'll be it'll be okay. They'll they'll get it. No, <laughs> <laughs>、uh, they didn't. But okay.、Um, yeah. So, and in, actually, what did you what do you think you're then best at if、um, writing is、oh, the one、um, thing that? Yeah, I think I'm probably best at.、Um, The storyboarding part. So it's essentially the bit before sketching it nicely. So, <laughs>、um, <laughs> so just just the flow of the story. Once I have a story, I think I'm very good at translating it into pages and panels that make sense and are very readable and are fun to read. I think, and、um, that's the part I'm also most proud of because、um, I've had a lot of fans tell me that when they just Occasionally, pick up the book, a book, whichever,、um, and just flip it open at any page and and just look at it because they just wanted to flip through it a little bit. They tend to get glued to the page and start reading the rest, <laughs> and that is a great compliment. It's a good sign. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. That they just sort of look at a page and just begin reading and just forget that they just were flipping through a couple of pages. And yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, it's good to hear. So, like, in all like the years you've been、uh, working, or actually before then, did you have any kind of formal training in terms of writing stories or、um, sort of building up your skill as an artist, or was this all self-taught?、Uh, it's it's actually all self-taught. <laughs> really? Yes,、oh, I I、cool. I applied to.、Uh, An art school once, and I got rejected. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yes, yes.、Um, but it was a fine arts school, I think. And to be fair, they just they in Germany, especially、uh, comics and manga are just considered the lowest art form in general by these people. Yeah, so I'm not, I get I'm that not a lot. Too, yeah, I'm not too not too surprised that it happened. But I remember doing it and being hopeful because I I didn't draw manga when I applied. I drew. Realistic portraits, and at the end of the day, when I got rejected, I was like, you know what? I should just, I just, I should just go online and just post my stuff there and not care what people tell me. <laughs> that's a good response. Yeah, and in the end, that was exactly、um, what helped me get where I am. So the internet is has been essential. So yeah, yeah. and. Usually, when people tell those kind of stories, it ends with them going back to their teacher or the person that rejected them and showing, like, <laughs> "This is where I am now. Did you do that, or do you have plans to do that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't really have contact to any of my teachers, but I did have one of them that told me it was a waste for me to to, to draw <laughs> manga. Like, I was wasting my talent drawing manga instead of fine art. I mean, just looking back now, I'm just, that's just so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, goes to show.、Um, yeah. So, looking at the the writing side of、um, of what you do, and you've already talked about, I guess, some of your process where, it, in terms of some stories, like with your mini comics, it's a bit sporadic, and with something like、uh, Crash and Burn, you've got more of a, I guess, structured process. Like in either, do you ever come across writer's block? Because、uh, this is something that、uh, I've talked or I've been asked about. Um, in terms of like my writing process, and if you do, do you have any ways to get like for you?、Mm. Yeah, so、um, I've 
definitely experienced it before. Um, like art block is definitely a thing. Or art block, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's difficult to say what works best. So, um, uh, like m my worst art or slash writer's block was was um, before, like a couple of years ago. Um, I I recently got diagnosed with bipolar disease uh, disorder, and okay. um, so before that, I was not on medication, and I did not know what was going on, but I was depressed a lot, and that was essentially the reason for me not being able to draw or work or create. And so, for me, it was really seeking professional help and not being afraid of this mental illness like th that's been a huge change for me like accepting that I have this and working with it yeah and and it's it's changed my life since I've went and got help um but I still had co like coping mechanisms I suppose beforehand that made it a little bit easier and I found that um changing pace was very important changing like going out which you can't do right now but doing no, something no, else <laughs> do not do not go out do not go out no. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you have a garden just go out into yes. your garden <laughs> and just sit in the sun for a bit you know play with your pet play some video games watch a movie just do something else if you're fed up with art or writing do something else i found that um reading books uh, watching movies um looking at the things that inspired you before helps so i would read all my favorite manga again that really got me excited to become a manga artist in the first place and like that nostalgia really got got me inspired again to, to sort of sit back down and go I can do this you know um, sometimes it was an exchange with fans but the difficulty with that is it can also have the opposite effect so I would I would say be careful <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, it depends who you're talking to, really. Yes, yes. So, like, on the one hand, I think you can have amazing fan exchange where the, somebody writes you an email out of the blue and says, uh, I was in a really bad place and I read your comics and it made me laugh and it changed my life and I love everything you do. That That is the kind of stuff that you need to hear sometimes, yeah. you know, when you're in a bad place yourself. Um, and then you have people who, who are really innocent. They don't know that what they're saying is maybe not the best thing. <laughs> And it's it's never it's never meant in a bad way. But sometimes you you get people who are like, when do we get more? Can I have more? I need more because I love. Yeah. <laughs> and and the enthusiasm is great, but it puts so much pressure on an artist, mm. you know, or a writer, I think. And so so I find that actually getting away from social media has been much better than looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good tip in in general. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it can help yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So I totally I, get that yeah like I, I guess there's no real cure for it that works for everybody so everybody's a bit different so I think over the years I've just noticed what I what I react to negatively versus positively and I just decided to stick to the stuff that works yeah. something you know that just calms me and sort of gets my mind off the frustration um yeah and uh and sometimes it's it's just talking to people that you trust that you know have a good eye for things can give you the right advice at the right time or just tell that they'll just tell you listen you can come with me now we're gonna watch a movie <laughs> you know yeah just take you away from the, the situation yeah, yeah. and just free your mind sure. a bit 
Exactly, yeah. yeah. No, I get that. And <laughs> I, I hear you on sort of the getting the feedback from people who have read your work in, in terms of sometimes people don't always appreciate like the amount of work that goes uh, into it. And when they say, you know, when's the next one, in your mind, you're thinking like that's a whole other, like you just described sort of two years yeah. writing an artwork so when if someone asks you like when's the next one you're like that's a whole two years I've got to go through uh, all these things so I can imagine <laughs> how that how that would make you feel yeah just let me have a break please <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, is I did have a, just a like a side note. I remember at a recent convention where uh, someone bought uh, one of our our volumes, and while he was waiting, like he was with, uh, I think he was with his partner, who's so watching her stall. And then towards the end of the convention, he came back and said, "Oh, I love the I love the story." I'm like, "Wait, you read it already? It's been it kind of been two hours." And like, yeah, no, I really loved it. So in my mind, I'm like, "Oh man, I've got." A, on that story <laughs> as well so to give this guy another hour of uh, of enjoyment but um yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, i wanted to like go back to your your first sort of comic uh, that you made and like seeing as you weren't you didn't go through the the formal training of uh, of developing your artwork and your uh, your stories what was it like making your first uh, graphic novel or comic and how does it compare to like your process now and your feeling about it now? Um, oh, it's it's kind of hard to say which one was my first one. I have like a very convoluted uh, career, <laughs> okay. so so it's a little bit difficult to pinpoint what exactly was my first. Um, so I think I think my very first, where I really sat down and just drew a lot of pages. <laughs> um, that ended up being a comic was so I I was commissioned by a friend to draw a fan fiction story and that was actually a really good start because I didn't know how to write stories <laughs> <laughs> and so having a fan fiction piece that I just had to translate into panels and pages was a really good exercise just to be able to to sort of have that 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 amount of pages done at the end and look at it and say okay I've made a comic you know so that that was then picked up by an indie publisher because it was a parody it was like okay to to print and sell as well um uh yeah so uh what was the question again (laughs) I just uh, I just wanted to know about like the the process of making your first comic what that was like (sighs) and how it compares to now yeah yeah so so I guess uh that that was just you know totally different because I hadn't I didn't really uh, collaborate with the author I did ask her for permission to do this which I got and she really enjoyed it as well but I I created the whole thing without input of any other parties so that was that was really interesting and then the next one I did was an official one for a publisher which was uh quite chaotic (laughs) Um, So I didn't really know how to write a story, but I attempted to write one and then and then did the same thing. And it, it, it like technically it all worked fairly well. So I did have a vague deadline because it was, again, an indie publisher. They were a lot more lenient with, you know, deadlines and when to when to print things. And um, but they, they also gave me full artistic freedom to do whatever I wanted. And um, looking back now, I, 
I'm not. I mean, it's one of those things that isn't really listed on my projects that I've completed necessarily just because. Oh, really? It's like hidden, <laughs> hidden away somewhere. Yeah, I think some people <laughs> still love it, but I look back and well, I you're see you're not it. one of them. I see a teenaged me writing this. However, I wasn't a teenager anymore. You know, you know this <laughs> yeah. kind of embarrassment you have for your teenage self. That's that. I still have a bit of that looking at that project. So, yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. I, I guess you you have that process of looking back at your work and going, actually, this isn't that good. I don't want to see this anymore. <laughs> and you just, in in a way, it's a good thing because it shows you're progressing and you've you've learned more but yeah I can imagine that you look back and you just go why do people like this like do you ever have that feeling that you just want to ask people like why do you like this I do much better stuff now <laughs> I I don't really like I I know that a lot of people just have different preferences and the people who approach me about it are still genuine you know so I'm not gonna I try my best not to ruin it for them so I just go I'm just grateful that they love it and they support <laughs> it some still ask like are you gonna draw more of that and I have to tell them I'm sorry but that's that's no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to anybody like some things I'm just not gonna pick back up um but yeah in terms of process I think the only thing that's really changed is that I've learned to do the th things better uh over time um I think I've always been incredibly serious about creating comics and being on time especially yeah. um that I just did try my best to, to do it in a most structured way possible and um a lot of the times like after the 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 one I'm a bit embarrassed about which we shall not that, name or, the or one talk that about after this yeah <laughs> yeah exactly the one that shall not be named um everything after that is fine like I'm perfectly happy with it you know um because I think I I finally got like I figured it out <laughs> yeah so the the writing bit was the bit I struggled with most, um, and I think that's why, like looking at that particular project, I'm very keen on getting it right for everything in the future. <laughs> so I spent extra time on the writing. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like you did a, a lot of learning on the job. Mm, yes, uh, I guess which which comes with being self taught. You just you put yourself in these positions to have to produce the work and have to understand how to produce the work and then eventually get better at it yeah that's right like uh germany has a big market of um what well, i don't know about now but at the time there was a huge um market for 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 locally created material so like german manga is a big thing um yeah. but the unfortunate part is the editors that were in the publishing houses were just not people like in Japan who had years and years and years of experience of writing and creating manga that all they could do is read other manga and then read yours and go well it's not as good as that one or oh okay. I've seen a different manga do that can you do that right so their knowledge is well limited because I like I grew up reading manga before everybody started reading manga so I just never felt that my editors could really contribute a lot to what I was doing because they just hadn't read as many or seen as many or grown up with them yeah. to, to understand the deeper meaning of certain things that I did when I drew them. Um, that said, I still, you know, I still listened to their critique and change things if they wanted to, but it didn't happen very often. But I, I often wondered when I listened to my colleagues talk because 
you know, they often had to change things. And I, I was really puzzled over some of the requested changes. And I just wondered, <laughs> you know, like it would be very different if a Japanese editor were there because they are trained for this stuff, you know. Yeah, you get a lot of different feedback, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. And a, a lot in manga is really um, based on the language as well, which is lost once it's translated. So um, uh, cultural st stuff as well is just kind of just glanced over because they're not sure what it means, right? Mm. And um, yeah, I found that a bit lacking in, in the German scene and... Um, well, anyways, that's one of the reasons I ended up being independent eventually, too. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting point because I, I guess, like, in terms of uh, manga, it's something that has it's, it's risen in prominence, if not necessarily mainstream. Like, I'm just speaking here in the UK. There is definitely a big audience for it. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of the work, whether it's manga or or anime's sort of influence in over here in the West as people become more familiar with it. Is it something that you've have you noticed in terms of impact on people's work or people's ability to appreciate the the work better versus the limited um, kind of understanding that they had uh, some time ago? Yeah, I think uh, it, everything's like it's been insane how much has changed really. So. Growing up, I, I grew up, so I was born in, in Tokyo and then spent most of my time growing up all over the, the world. Um, and nobody knew what manga is. And when it came to like Japan, the most that people knew were like maybe sushi and samurais, ninjas. Maybe? Okay, <laughs> the essentials, of course. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but manga, well, when somebody said manga or anime, it was all hentai and nothing else like nobody really knew anything but oh isn't that the pervy cartoons that's yeah. all you, you heard and I think like it started to change around when I was like 15 maybe 16 people mentioned Street Fighter maybe Legend of Zelda was a thing slowly Sailor Moon started out around that time in Germany as well and then now that generation grew up with it and learned to love it they they know so much about Japan like it's completely different and um and I don't know I think it's it's wonderful like I I don't feel so weird anymore because when when I was in school I got like a lot of weird racist things said to me just because I'm half Japanese um and it doesn't happen anymore like nowadays that's just not a thing so okay that's good yeah yeah of I mean, it it like it's it's great to share cultural stuff and i think it should happen more for other things too not just manga <laughs> yeah well i guess it's the the benefit of having that just cross what's that cross-cultural mm. pollination i don't know you know what i mean there's like yeah, things yeah. going into other cultures where then people gain an understanding deeper than just the the stereotypes that they've heard yeah, somewhere yeah. else like you said like the sushi samurais and uh, <laughs> hentai um but yeah no so that's, <laughs> that's good at least some progress is is being made yeah. um so obviously we, we spoke um about your your comics but I, I noticed that a lot of your work sort of goes beyond comics and you uh so you've done some like presenting and uh live streaming and working in uh video games as well mm -hmm. is this something that like are these things that you plan to do you always wanted to do or is that just something that's come up organically through just 
making your comics and being known for that? Uh, yeah, it's kind of um, it. It was. It started out as a necessity. So when I uh, started drawing just manga and comics in general and posting it online, I I was still working, you know, part time and trying to make ends meet. And I just noticed that game art paid better than comic art, <laughs> which is funny okay. because you know game devs complain that they're not paid enough, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Compared to comics and manga, uh, <laughs> it's actually good pay. Anyway, um, so I so my goal was to just um, tap that market as well, just in case. So with commissions and like you know working on projects, and and then I also dated somebody who was in working in that field mm. for a while. And during that time, I just got a really good insight into how they work. So I just. Uh, created more that catered to that industry as well and then I got a couple of smaller jobs in with indie creators or uh, indie devs or you know little bits and bobs here and there and most of it didn't take off (laughs) Um, yeah so that's that's kind of how it how it ended up I just kept it in my um, in my CV anyway because a lot of video games are in that aesthetic anyway so why not right and um, yeah and Eventually, I, I I did draw a couple of cover pieces for Nintendo, which was pretty cool. So, <laughs> yeah, how did that come about? Um, I I'm not entirely sure, but I think <laughs> uh, I just got messaged by their agency one day, and they just went like, "Well, we're looking for somebody who draws in that style, and uh, okay. we really like your stuff." And I so think it came to you. Yeah, I think they might have talked to somebody at the my publishing house at the time. And they just sent a list of artists, maybe. And I was the only one who drew digital art. So that was right. why I got the job. Yeah. Because, that uh, was really cool. Yeah. German uh, artists are all, like, for the majority, they, they do work traditionally still. Because they're, they're very fond of the traditional uh, manga look. And they, they haven't quite let go of that yet. I think they're slowly transitioning towards digital, too. But, like, <laughs> I, I was one of the first to just do 100% digital. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And let me just say, as because uh, we do a, a video game event and Nintendo has supported us, but uh, mm-hmm. I always have this struggle, this ongoing struggle, to get them to even respond to an email. So oh. the fact that you had them come to you just like is amazing to me. Just <laughs> just that alone. I mean, like working, like doing artwork for Nintendo is is fantastic. But uh, weirdly enough, the thing I'm like most impressed by is the fact that you got them to respond to you because uh i'm still struggling with that uh anyway that's just like a (laughs) uh, personal experiences uh coming out there but um all right so we're gonna i wanted to get your like tip for storytellers um on the show we like to sort of talk about stories and and give tips so i tend to like give things that I'm working on or, or things that I've sort of experienced recently. The uh, great thing about having a, uh, a guest who creates stories is I don't have to do that. I can ask <laughs> you. So, um, yeah. So if you have like a storytelling tip you can give to aspiring um, artists, what would it be? Yeah. So I think I've thought about this because I was like, oh, surely everybody's given all the tips already. But uh, when it comes to manga or comics, I find that one thing that most people struggle with is what do I put into panels and why? And mm. so uh, it's really hard to explain just quickly in a podcast. So my tip would be to watch 
good movies and look at them frame by frame. Um, so by doing that, so um, an example, uh, the the art I forgot his name. I'm sorry. Naruto's artist used to teach himself how to draw manga by doing exactly that. He would take his favorite, I think it was Tarantino films, yeah. and then pause every frame and draw it. And the, wow. the reason he did this is because the pacing of a comic slash manga is much closer to a film or movie slash TV show, anything visual than it is to writing. So um, don't like, don't try to practice by making like books or text into comics, but practice by translating visuals of a film to comic. That would be my tip. Um, yeah, because like the, the comic medium or manga medium is much closer to film than it is to, to like books, even though yeah. it's printed in books. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. It's, it's, it's visual. So you're, you're now looking to other visual mediums to kind of get a sense of how you can uh, craft your own story. Exactly. So like if you understand the pacing of a film, then you will also have a better understanding of a pacing in a comic and how to set it up as well. And um, um, uh, the rest of it is really understanding how paneling works. So that's like the next step up is once you know, or you've, you've seen like frame by frame, the next part is how do I split it on a page, right? So, so what you do is you, you freeze moments in time into panels and then the, the mind fills the blanks. Sure. So, so that's like, I feel like I could talk for three hours just about yeah. that, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe maybe just maybe for next time. Then I can yeah. get into that next time. <laughs> That's cool. No, it's it's interesting that you uh, you bring that up because even like for myself, from a writer's perspective, I've also looked to film uh, and screenwriting as a way to understand like how to tell a story in comics. And even though I don't uh, do the artwork uh, for our books, just working with an artist and understanding that ultimately people are going to sort of, their first contact is visual uh, with your story, just understanding how to put that together from that perspective. So yeah, it's interesting to sort of, uh, it's a good point to bring up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really like, I'm very grateful when I'm approached by a writer who does screenplays because that's exactly yeah. what I need and a lot of times I get I get like young people who message me and say oh I've got the story and I need an artist and I just I have to tell them like you have to write screenplays not mm. not a book like a book like that's like 90% of the work is done by the artist in that case if you have a screenplay it splits it up much better in terms of how much work each of the like the partnership is doing yeah and uh, and you also yeah it's I've I've worked with um, a, a screenwriter before, and it's just so pleasant to work with <laughs> because, because of this. Because like, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great no, stuff. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, learn screenwriting and uh, studying the the frames of uh, of films to understand how to be make better stories. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. That's <laughs> a good good tip. Um, so yeah, we are uh, coming towards the end of our interview, but uh, we just wanted to make sure that we shout out your projects that you want people to know about or anything that is coming up uh, that people can sort of direct themselves to. 
Um, yeah, so I think best is just to check out my website, which is just mikiko.art. Uh, yeah, it's just M-I-K-I-K-O dot art. Um, and everything about me you can find there. So so you can find my free comics to read, the link there, my sh shop, which is closed, um, my portfolio, my um, all my social media accounts. Uh, everything is linked on mikiko.art. And... Um, as for future projects, I will be updating on my social media if something comes out. Um, like Patreon mostly gets the first uh, announcements. Um, and I am currently, because of the situation now, <laughs> working on commissions yeah. and not so much on projects. But um, the two projects, Mini Comics and Crash and Burn, are still ongoing, except that there is no real timeline yet. My plan for now is to bring out Mini Comics volume two soon-ish probably next year sometime um just because i've collected quite a lot of strips by now and i'm trying to fill the rest so that i have enough for another book uh yeah cool. so that's that's probably it for now <laughs> okay yeah we'll make sure we get those links in the show notes so people know where to find you excellent thanks cool. well yeah it's uh we've come to the end of the of the interview uh, uh thank you so much for joining us Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Cool. All right, I'm glad. So, yeah, <laughs> um, this episode will be available, like I said, at the top at everywhere where you get your podcasts from. I'm pretty sure um, it's available on all the platforms. So Apple, Spotify. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon to get episodes 24 hours early. And although I didn't speak much about uh, our work, uh, we, my matter, also make manga so you can find our uh manga online and uh just a shout out for our next episode of story x story which will be uh an egx res coronavirus special in that there was no egx res because of coronavirus um, but we are going to have a bunch of guests on to talk about some of the video games that we're playing and video game news uh, that we're excited about all from the safety of our own homes. So yeah, don't leave your house. Um, so yeah, so our email address is feedback at mymatter.com. You can send us your feedback on anything we've discussed today. The website is also mymatter.com slash story x story. Uh, stay tuned until next time. Bye. Bye-bye.